0: Okay. You ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. listening to Speaking of Language a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University Each week we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition This week on Speaking of Language I know what you did last summer Well not really But Angelica and I are going to fill you in on our international travel and linguistic experiences of the past few months as we head into a new semester at the Cornell University Language Resource Center.
0: Welcome to a new season of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University.
1: And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's Media Development Manager. Today, we will talk about all the things we learned this summer.
0: How exciting is that?
1: I know. It's so, pretty Sam, exciting.
0: what did you do this summer?
1: Well, here's the thing because this is a podcast about learning language and, and learning to communicate. And I felt most of the communicating I did this summer was with myself. So, I don't know. <laughs> You're the one we you know we foreshadowed that you'd be having some you know international adventures over the summer, yeah, and I think that's the really the main event we're getting to because i'm <laughs> I was here at the LRC making sure, as I often do, that all the lights are blinking the way they need to blink. Mm-hmm. you know, making sure that our student assistants know the information they need to know. Most of that is carried out in English <laughs> every now and then it's carried out in an obscure programming language that no one knows how to use anymore. And that's oh, yeah. my adventure. Oh, yeah. That's my, and I feel like that's that's one of the reasons I'm here doing what I do is that I'm I'm here to bridge the gap between all these different languages that mm, not yep. everyone understands and bring us into a center. So that's that's how I'm justifying my time spent fighting technology all summer. I like and it. Ho- hopefully, for the better. Of Of everyone's learning experience,
0: and it is very important what you do, so don't thank don't you. think that this is not appreciated and that we don't need you.
1: Yes, well, thank you um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think most of our listeners will want to learn what what uh, useful tidbits you picked up in in some of your fun locales.
0: yeah, so I guess I had a slightly more eventful summer then um I Attended a number of conferences, mm-hmm. all related to language learning and technology, so that was pretty fun. Um, my first conference was in Eugene and Oregon.
1: An exotic locale, if I remember. I know, remember. right?
0: Well, it was actually quite beautiful. I'm I'm a big fan of Oregon. So that was um, the IELTS conference, the International Association of Language Learning Technology. And this is a biannual event. I always wonder biannual. What do you think when I say biannual, twice a year or every other year?
1: Just now, when you said it, I thought twice a year, hmm. but that's not it, is it? It's every no. other year. Yeah. You know what the thing is? So here's here's a language, you know, trick for mm-hmm. everyone. A, a little bit of useful information. They both of those meanings are correct in English. Biannual means both.
0: That is so confusing. Twice a year
1: and every two years, hmm. which makes it useless <laughs> as a prefix.
0: Yes, it does. It, it sure does.
1: <laughs> we, we haven't figured out something better than this in the entire, I don't know. I don't know whose fault it is.
0: Oh, my. Well, so this conference is hosted every other year. Okay. And this year it was um, in Eugene, um, co-hosted by one of the Title VI Resource Centers, Language Resource Centers, Castles. Um, and it was a really nice conference. IELTS is a very friendly conference. A lot of conferences call themselves the friendly conference, Uh but I would actually posit that IELTS indeed is the friendly conference. Um, It brings together a mix of uh, educational technology specialists, language teachers, um, language center directors, and what's really nice is that Everybody is on the same level. There are a lot of graduate Uh students who attend. This year, it was probably... um, We had the largest number of first-time attendees at this conference, which was really cool. So a lot of new people, um, lots of graduate students, newcomers to the profession. So that was fun. And people just you know, everybody's the same. We all talk about the same interests, same issues that we face. So that was really interesting. I got to learn from a lot of colleagues about what do they currently do in their language centers? What are some trends? um, What works? What doesn't work? Um, So lots of new, exciting things. One big thing that's going to um, come out of IELTS that I'm involved in, too, is we are working on a new publication, uh-huh. an update to the Language Center Handbook. There is actually currently a call-out for chapter proposals, so oh, okay. we might as well link that in the description for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So we're always looking to hear from our colleagues. What are some of the best practices? What works? Um, what do people think about what what makes Language Centers tick? So that was a lot of fun. Um some of the discussions evolved around uh virtual reality, augmented reality. So oh, that yeah. these are some of the fields that a lot of um language centers are leaning toward and dabbling with. So uh, that was something cool. that I've
1: been in, interested in and and has popped up as something we can utilize here. So I was I was definitely uh you had my attention when yeah. you brought that up as a a, a trend, as it were.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. I remember <laughs> when Second Life was the newest thing, and universities oh, yeah. would purchase these islands, and everybody was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, this will totally revolutionize how we learn and how we connect." And then it kind of fizzled out within like a few years. And
1: now people don't
0: even know what Second Life is anymore.
1: Wasn't there? There was an episode of The Office when Dwight was on Second Life. <laughs> Dwight and Jim were both on Second Life.
0: <laughs> I missed that episode. I, I, I have think to it go was back later. And... <laughs> it might be like
1: post Steve Carell, but
0: oh my anyway, goodness! That's
1: again me giving my my academic opinion of <laughs> all these fascinating things that you're talking about. <laughs> oh. I was on The Office. That's thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think. We see a lot of work in digital humanities, um, 360 environments. Mm-hmm. And we've had, I mean, the portal. Remember when we had the portal of on course. Cornell's campus? That was kind of like a... Season
1: two? Uh, yeah, I can it edit was, it in if I get it wrong. Back back in season two.
0: So it's interesting just what what affordances we have now with technology. So it yeah. should be... Should be neat to see what some of these projects that some of the colleagues discussed at IELTS, how they come to fruition and how they impact language learning. But I, I definitely think, augmented reality and virtual reality are, are areas to to keep our eye out for.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. As as we're in the business of, sort of, immersing people in a mm-hmm. culture to to learn about it and yeah. learn how to communicate that. Certainly seems like there's there is opportunity there. Yeah.
0: And then my really exciting trip this summer was a trip to Japan.
1: Right, foreshadowed at the end of last season. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I actually need to touch base with both of our student assistants and share with them what I have learned and that I still don't speak. really any more Japanese than I did beforehand.
1: Yeah, But you navigated yourself through some restaurants, which, I mean... I,
0: I did, yeah, I, which was... A
1: crucial, it, you know, step one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I do have to say it was a very humbling experience. I can't remember when I've last time been in a situation where I was basically unable to communicate because I didn't speak the language. I wasn't able to read the language. Right. I, I I mean, short of signs that I could decipher... Um, it was good to be back in in the shoes of, of our students when they first start a language uh-huh. that they don't know anything about, right? Sure. Where they can't even read the script. So um, I survived. That's very which good. Which is, yeah, that's always a plus. That would be quite
1: the, quite the twist ending, though, if you had not <laughs> survived. And...
0: Indeed, indeed, yes. <laughs> Alas, here I am. <laughs> um, so the conference in Tokyo was related to IELTS, IELTS has a sister organization, JLet, and every five years JLET and IELTS um, co-organize this this conference and it rotates between Japan and the US. And it was supposed to take place in Tokyo in 2020. But Tokyo 2020 is the Olympics. Ah, yes. So we decided it would be maybe a better idea to <laughs> a move minor that, yeah.
1: conflict, perhaps. Yeah. My question for you then is again, this is very important to the matter at hand. If it's every five years, does that mean it's held quintannually?
0: <laughs> it, yeah, I I think cool. that would be. Right would in, that also be five times a year then?
1: I I suppose so. <laughs> every, I don't know. If any of our listeners out there have any idea whether this is correct or not, write to us that.
0: Cornell, cornell LRC, L-R-C at, at Cornell.edu. Cornell. Yes, and yes, that has three <laughs> L's right in the middle.
1: That's that's your audience participation for this episode.
0: <laughs> so this Fleet Seven conference um, was also centered on uh, language learning and teaching, and technology, and what technology can do to to assist in that um, endeavor. What was really interesting for me was talking to some colleagues who are engaged and involved in language centers there and the difference between language centers in the U.S. and language centers abroad, specifically in Japan, and how the focus shifts slightly. So in the U.S. we've seen this this move from the language lab to now these more social spaces, these mm-hmm. these language centers that reach out much more um, to students, to faculty that are hubs for for the different stakeholders. And it seems that a lot of the language centers in Japan are self-access centers that focus exclusively on students. Mm -hmm. So there is not much that's done in terms of support of of language instructors. That's done through through different ways at institutions. But language centers tend to just focus... On students and giving them um, access to the resources that they need, whenever it's convenient and and when time is at their disposal. Gotcha. So a slightly different setup from how we structure our work here. Yeah. That was that was interesting, and it was it was great to uh, meet a lot of the Japanese colleagues. Um, can't lie, the food was just amazing.
1: That's what I've always heard about Japan is that, and, and I hear this about a lot of different places and a lot of different cultures, but I've heard that Japanese food, when you get it from the source, is just mm-hmm. one of the best things there is on this earth. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. So I can I can highly recommend a trip to Japan. That was yeah fun for many reasons.
1: Would you recommend it in Japan? The dead of summer in no, August. <laughs> no,
0: no, that's that's a good point, and I I do wonder about the Olympics how that's going to work. Um, it was very hot and very humid, um, but yeah, it's a it's a beautiful country. It's a very clean and punctual country, which uh-huh. I I very much relate to. <laughs> right, right, very. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one little interesting tidbit was I had dinner with a colleague, with a German colleague, one of the last evenings. And we went to this teeny tiny uh, sushi bar. It had uh, space for seven people. Mm -hmm. So it was just right there. I mean, we watched the sushi chef um, prepare our our meal for us, our dinner. And we were fairly early in the evening, so we were the only customers right there. And he and I were talking in German the entire time. And um, because there was, we felt there was no common language between us and the sushi chef and his wife. Right. And they they had a menu with pictures, so we just pointed to whichever set menu we wanted and not really knowing what we were getting. I mean, some of the fish looked very similar to one another and we're like, well, this could be that, this might be this. It was all delicious. We uh-huh. still don't know what all we ate, but it was really, really good. And so um, when we left, we were there for a little over an hour um, we said goodbye in English, and we probably butchered Japanese really badly when we uh-huh. said thank you. And um, the the sushi chef, he was an older gentleman, probably, I don't know, definitely old, in his 70s. And um, in German, he thanked us. Uh, that was so funny. That's that, great. So we had no idea that, I mean, and I don't think he was fluent in any sure. way, shape or form. But, but
1: he, he there he had that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just funny that the common language that we did end up having in the end in Japan was German and not even English. Um, yeah, the conference was, was really great. Um, and we are looking forward to hosting um, Fleet 8 in 2025 in the United States. We're still um, trying to finalize the location for that, um, but that will be fun to have all the Japanese colleagues come to the U.S. and hang out with them here. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely my personal highlight for the summer. I ended my summer travels with uh, the shared Lichtel Symposium in Chicago that was... Um, co-organized and co-sponsored by the University of Chicago and Michigan State University. Um, The work that both of these institutions do through Mellon Grants um, intersects and overlaps, and this is always a wonderful opportunity to meet with all of our colleagues in the less commonly taught languages. And I actually talked about our Jumpstart programs Mm -hmm which people were very interested in because we all are still looking for new and innovative ways to provide language instruction to our students that maybe goes outside of the traditional three, four, five credit classes yeah. that lead toward a minor or a major. Um, and this is something that I think all institutions are trying to find solutions to. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was definitely a nice end to my summer travels, and I'm glad that I won't have to travel for at least four weeks now.
1: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so I realized as I was all, you know, oh, I just hung out here and talked to computers the whole time. That's not true <laughs> ah. uh, because since the last episode, I had a significant uh international adventure because I went on my honeymoon in Paris in May, right? Uh, which feels like a million years ago now, but, um, it was wonderful. And I've, I'd been to France once before, but, um, this was my first time in Paris Mm. and, uh, I was very excited because I, it's been, I mean, my French has been mostly, uh, atrophying, atrophying. I guess you can use it that way, <laughs> since um, you know, since high school, uh, and I was looking forward to the opportunity to use it again. And I was Mr. Language Center. I said I've got months to bone up on my French, while I, which <laughs> yeah. I didn't do at yeah. all. Yeah. And my wife was w- speaking so much more French than me, but uh, but it it does come back, and yeah. I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed I enjoyed. Getting to speak a little bit of French and to just be there. I spent a lot of time at cafe tables with, nice, with yeah. half grafts of wine and a lot of bread and cheese and, and steak and good. It, was, it was a good trip. Um, and I, I think, you know, you learn about culture when you learn a language, but it had been so long for me. I really enjoyed as an adult getting to immerse myself mm-hmm. um, in a in a culture that I had studied a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and and how my sort of perception of that and how to how to navigate that is changed and and uh, how I, I connected with it in a different way I think mm-hmm. as an adult than I did as a young teenager and some of the the idiosyncrasies of French culture or yeah. of any culture when you have those moments where you just click with another mm-hmm. person yeah you know yeah. even if you as you as you try to navigate the language barrier and then you you find some common ground i'm trying to think of a specific example that i had there was one gentleman who uh was owned a wine shop who spoke really magnificent uh half french half english when he realized that we were americans and we were trying to speak to him in french yeah but he was very expressive and cursed very aggressively (laughs) In English, <laughs> but with great big gestures. and He was really excited to share. You know, he had wine recommendations and, and <laughs> political observations that he was very excited that he uh-huh. got to share with Americans and sort of, <laughs> you know, meeting us halfway, I guess, linguistically. And it was really, uh, you know, we've, we had a crazy semester leading up to that. It was really nice to get away and just sort of be in another place for yeah. a while and yeah. reset. So that was I, I felt that if I left that out, I would be doing a bit of a disservice to our uh, chat about our summer break.
0: (laughs) And, you know, I think in our line of work, it is so important to step back sometimes and put ourselves into situations where we don't know all the answers very readily and quickly, right? Where we are actually the ones learning and, and trying to find help and navigate with the help of others, so I think we both had a a learnful summer. That is learnful. not English. No, it have? is now learnful. Okay.
1: I think that's <laughs> that's excellent. Um, it's like I didn't hurt. Healthful became a thing. It was always healthy when I was growing up, and then I started hearing healthful. But it's not applied. learning. either. No, not oh, learning.
0: Educational. That's educational.
1: Yes. No. I think. I think learnful is yeah. uh, something I'll start using I think. Yeah, it,
0: full of learning.
1: Right, full yeah. of <laughs> I like it. It's like a big chunk of learning. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a healthful chunk of learnful.
1: <laughs> Next week on <laughs> A perfect seg. Uh, Next week, I'll speak with Joseph Ryan and Ryan Hearn, two Ph.D. candidates in linguistics here at Cornell who worked together to create an alien language for the Marvel Cinematic Universe film Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. But until then...
0: Auf Wiederhören!
1: The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu. Or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter.
0: Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz.
1: Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson.
0: Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University.
1: As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners. And do stay tuned for our next episode.